TII, item 453, January 16th, 2018, iOS 11.2.2, iOS 11.2.5, beta 3, 4, and 5. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gullet! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand, and that I do everything with, and has become an extension of who I am. Today's show is brought to you by Eero. For free overnight shipping to the U.S. and Canada, visit eero.com and at checkout select overnight shipping, then enter promo code TII to make it free. Today's episode is brought to you by RX Bar. For twenty five percent off your first order, visit rxbar.com/tii and use promo code TII at checkout. Welcome to the show. I'm your Rob, and you are listening to the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Talman for sending in the artwork for today's show. Talman wrote the following: well, Rob, here's a picture of the Apple Store at the Summit in Birmingham, Alabama. I used the markup feature in iOS 11. Regards, Talman Murphy Jr. Well, thanks, Tom, for sending this in. And folks, you can see this artwork in the free TI app via the bonus button for episode 453 or at Instagram.com slash Today in iOS and also at Facebook.com slash Today in iOS. Tom, for this episode, it came down to your artwork or Tom's artwork of the Mall of Georgia. And, well, I guess Roll Tide. If you have any artwork out there and or music folks that you have created on iOS device that you would like to share with the audience, please email to me at todayinios at gmail.com and please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create that artwork and or music. This week, we have a promo codes for the app's intervals. Here is the review from the devs. Have you heard of high-intensity interval training? It's one of the best ways to burn calories and shed weight. I'm the developer of the app Intervals an interval training app for iPhone, Apple Watch, and iPad. Intervals is highly customizable. It's great for any type of interval workout, running, strength training, yoga, stretching, rehabilitation, meditation timer. It even has a built-in seven-minute workout. It's also great on the Apple Watch. You can leave your phone at home and work out with just your watch. It'll track your heart rate, calories, distance, and even your workout route. You'll get text-to-speech alert sounds, and even haptic feedback to tap you on the wrist and guide you through your workout. When you're done, you can save your workout to Apple Health. Intervals is a free download with a one-time in-app purchase to unlock all its features. Take your workouts to the next level. Learn more at intervalspro.com. Well, thanks to the devs for sending in their review of their app intervals and for sending in the promo codes to give away. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for this app, please send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put intervals in the subject line. I am sure since the last episode, you've heard a lot about Meltdown and Spectra, and there were blog posts with all sorts of link-baiting titles running around out there like, quote, all iPhone, iPads, and Macs affected by chip flaws, unquote. The more accurate title would have been, all smartphones, iOS, and Android have been affected by chip flaws. This is definitely positively not an Apple-only thing, but Apple is able to get out patches a whole heck of a lot faster to users than Google can get to manufacturers to get to carriers to finally get to users. To put a comparison on this, let's say Apple and Google are garment producers, and they both find out that the cloth that they have been using can in rare cases spontaneously combust. But customers all need to have fitted suits, and they have no other clothes, and Apple and Google want to get new clothes out to their customers as soon as possible. In Apple's case, they make 14 or so new suits and ship them directly to the customers. 
customers replace suits, all done. With Google, a very small number of their customers buy custom suits direct. Those, um, those are about less than 1%, and those are the ones they can replace right away. But then they need to send out pre-cut, one-size-fits-all suits, 2,000 or more other suit manufacturers, i.e. various OEM customers like Samsung and HTC and Sony. From there, Samsung and Sony and all the other OEMs need to do a bunch of alterations to fit the suits to each of their own specific models, and some, many of them have many different models. Then from there, those custom suits need to be sent to hundreds of carriers all around the world who then add some special color buttons and zippers and shoulder pads and then stuff all the pockets with as much direct mail flyers that they can and then ship to the customer. This longer process leaves many customers with a choice to either have their current custom suits combust at any moment or to run around naked. Not good choices. To the advantage of being on the iOS side, you get your custom suits a lot quicker and you don't have to be naked. I do want to point out, Apple has released updated uh, updates for iOS and macOS to defend against Meltdown and Spectra. The new custom suits have been delivered, so to speak. Please make sure your iOS device and Apple TVs are updated to the latest version of iOS and tvOS. I'm not going to get into the exact explanation of both exploits other than to say they are chip-level flaws that could, in theory, be exploited, and it affects everyone. You can Google both and spend the next month reading up on each of the, the exploits. Kind of what I've been doing since the last episode. But it comes down to this. Just update your devices to the latest version of iOS and tvOS and go back to worrying about what is Michael Burnham going to do now that the Emperor showed up? Or bulk watching all of the episodes of Marvelous Miss Maisel. Which, if you have Amazon Prime Video and have not watched, I highly recommend watching that show. I cheated on my wife this weekend and watched a couple of episodes ahead and got caught midstream. I told her I was getting ahead so she could watch when I recorded this episode. Uh, yeah, she didn't buy it either. Okay, back to Meltdown and Spectra. Which by the way, does sound like a really great Bond movie. iOS 11.2.2 and tvOS 11.2.1 are the latest non-beta versions. Make sure all your devices are running it. From Apple, per iOS 11.2.2, quote, available for iPhone 5S and later, iPad Air and later, and iPod Touch 6th generation. Description, iOS 11.2.2 includes security improvements to Safari and WebKit to mitigate the effects of spectra, unquote. Then they thank a whole bunch of people that helped in finding that flaw. If you are wondering why Meltdown was not mentioned, that is because Apple released patches for it uh, for iOS 11.2 and tvOS 11.2 to defend against Meltdown. Interestingly, Apple does have Apple Watch saying where it's not affected by either Meltdown or spectra. So nothing to worry about there with Apple Watch. It's not affected by either. Apple goes on to say, additional security updates are coming for devices, so when they do release them, probably best update shortly thereafter. And one last thought on this. Apple said on January 5th, quote, there are no known exploits impacting customers at this time, unquote. And for a hacker to exploit 
the flaws there would also have to have been a malicious app loaded on the iOS or tvOS device. Again, update to the latest versions of iOS and tvOS as soon as possible. Since the last episode, there have been a few betas released for iOS. January 3rd, we saw iOS 11.2.5 beta 3 released. January 9th was 11.2.5 beta 4. And then on January 11th, beta 5 was released. As with beta 2, Siri can play daily news podcasts when asked about the news. Some say by default the news comes from the Washington Post. For me, at least, it was defaulting to NPR. But you can also choose for, to switch to Fox News, a request from the White House, or CNN. And it works like this. You have to say, hey, Siri, give me the news. Here's the latest news from NPR. You can also tell me to switch to Fox News, CNN, or Washington Post. And then it goes in and it plays the news. I could not find any item settings for the default. It appears you can only ask Siri to change the default for you. As near as I can tell, playing with iOS 11.2.5 betas 3, 4, and 5, they just bring the standard bug fixes on optimizations and probably a hefty slice of security patches as well. Although with the podcast app, um, it is now at version 3.4, which is one up in 11.2.5 versus 11.2.2, where it's 3.3. So that's, but as far as I could tell, I couldn't find anything that changed other than the fact that it's now 3.4 versus 3.3. There does not to be, appear to be any new features in the last three betas from my testing and from the articles I read out there. But if you found any, please let us know. 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Apple does not like to do betas solo. So each time they release one of those iOS betas, they tend to release something else. And in this case, they released the tvOS 11.2.5 beta 3, 4, and 5 to go along with the iOS 11.2.5 betas 3, 4, and 5 as well. And really, it was all just about bug fixes, optimization, and security enhancements, no new features. Which leads us to watch OS 4.2.2 beta 3, which was released on January 3rd, then followed up with beta 4 on January 9th, but no beta 5 leading most to figure Beta 5 had some additional security patches on the other two OSs with regards to Meltdown and Spectra, which the Apple Watch is not affected by. Sadly, Beta 3 and Beta 4 are just as boring as Betas 1 and 2, where no reported new features were found for watchOS 4.2.2, just improvements, bug fixes, and optimizations overall. That's a big yawn. I always like to mention when Daniel Aaron Dilger from Apple Insider has a very good article. Actually, almost all of his articles are very good. His bad articles on his standards are still good compared to other stuff I read out there. Well, Daniel has another very good article titled Apple's iOS Platform Advantages and is Fixing Bugs is Beating Google's Android. He goes about a lot more than trying to break things down to Apple and Google making custom suits but comes to similar conclusions. Apple controls everything, and that makes for a quicker and often invisible update for users. And he points out the hypocrisy in the media where Apple is held to these Einsteinian grading curves while Android is on a Neanderthal curve. Oh, so, so true. Too many articles I saw about Meltdown Inspector concentrated on Apple devices when there are many, many, many times more devices affected on the Android side that do not have patches yet or anytime soon. I would recommend taking some time to read this article. 
It just reminds us that there really are two standards in the tech world, those that Apple has held to way up there and those many of us trip over way down there for Android. Apple has improved Siri to the delight of tennis and golf fans, or has supposedly improved it for the tennis side. You're supposed to be able to ask Siri, who is playing today in the Australian Open? But my test did not work. Who's playing today in the Australian Open? Here's what happened at the Australian Open. Um, I stand corrected, because then it showed me some of the results. But it still has some way to go. For example, watch this one. Did Serena Williams play today? Serena Williams overwhelmed Venus Williams in two sets in the women's singles finals at the Australian Open on January 28, 2017. So that would be a no on playing today. I'm guessing they're still working out the whole tennis part of things. On the golf side, it works pretty well. I mean, again, on both sides, you're, you're supposed to be able, according to articles I read, be able to ask how a specific player is doing, where a tournament is at, or, or how someone did in a specific match. Golf, kind of the same thing, minus the match question. You can, on the golf side, also ask it to show the player championship leadership board. It did work when I asked, uh, what is the next PGA Tour event? And actually, uh, the golf items all seem to be working. But tennis, again, not so much. Some yes, some no. So maybe they're tweaking it again. That's what I would guess. They're tweaking it. And maybe by the time the Australian Open's finished, they'll have it all worked out. On the plus side, cricket scores are updating fine from Siri, showing the scores from the ICC last weekend, and it told me England beat Australia by five wickets in the first match last Saturday. I want to thank Eero for sponsoring the show. This is a product I absolutely love and allows me to get the fastest Wi-Fi at my house with the best coverage everywhere. Eero, E-E-R-O, makes a Wi-Fi mesh network for your home. I mentioned previously how fast Eero is for me. The speed really is incredible. Thank you, Eero. With the holidays behind us, that means even more devices on your home network, and I learned at my dad's house how important it is to have good Wi-Fi. I purchased my parents a ring doorbell for Christmas and installed it while there. Their Wi-Fi was so bad, they could not get reception in their bedroom, and when they could connect, it took forever to load and show the video. Wah, wah, wah. So my warning from December about getting an Eero... And to get your home ready, I should have taken myself for my parents. Sometimes you forget how bad things are until you have to use them. My parents' Wi-Fi was horrible, at least compared to my Eero, and my Eero is absolutely great. If you have lower power devices around your home, and they are streaming HD video like a ring doorbell, low power does not mean low demand. And the second generation Eero unit has a third 5 gigahertz radio to help with that demand. And it works great with home devices and also has a new thread radio for lower power devices. At my house, the Ring app launches the video almost instantly. And Eero is a mesh network just like at the office buildings. But now for your home, I set up my main unit in my office connected via Ethernet cable to my Google Fiber router, and then went into the kitchen, plugged in the beacon unit to a standard wall outlet, set it up quickly, then set up the other one in our bedroom, which is as far away from my office as possible in our house. It was about 10 to 15 minutes to set it all up. It was really easy with an app for your iOS device that you lets you monitor all Wi-Fi devices connected or have been that have been connected. And those beacon units even have nightlights. If you go to eero.com, E-E-R-O.com, 
and enter promo code TII, you will get free overnight shipping to the U.S. and Canada. Again, go to Eero.com and at checkout, select overnight shipping and then enter promo code TII to make it free and get your home optimized for all those new devices you added over the holidays. I know what I'm getting my parents next for my mom's birthday next month. An Eero base unit with two beacons. That way my parents can quickly and easily see who's out the door while in their bedroom. Eero is the best, best, best Wi-Fi I've ever tested or heard of, hands down. Thanks, Eero, for unleashing all of my Apple products and the new ones the kids just received this holiday season. Switching back to news, from most reports, Apple's presence or really influence at CES this year was the least or lowest it has been in the past 15 years. I mean, Apple never goes to CES per se, but their influence some years was far greater than anyone that actually did go. Apple was known to release a few new products right before or during CES that sucked all the oxygen out of the event. This year, nope. Not helping either was the fact that they delayed the HomePod, which is the most CES type-ish product that they have. Alexa, on the other hand, seemed to be all over the place at CES. Alexa is moving from a standalone Echo devices to computers, phones, tablets, cars, refrigerators, washing machines, and more. Alexa was this year's Borg Collective at CES, or so it seemed watching the reports come out. Amazon Mission is the collective, and it's to assimilate all the different tech devices by other manufacturers. Whereas Apple is more like the Terran Empire in the alternate universe, where they believe it should be humans and humans only. Whereas Apple believes that Siri should just be on Apple products and Apple products only. Say what you will about the Terran Empire, by the way, but they have always been much better, sharper-looking dressers than their counter-universe, weaker Federation counterparts. Point of all this is Siri is remaining only on Apple devices, while Alexa seems to be moving out onto everything else, which may actually be a bigger issue to Android than it is to iOS long-term although it does show Alexa-controlled smart devices are being um, rolled out in much, much larger numbers than HomeKit Siri-controlled devices, which is a bad thing for us right now. We'll see what happens. I imagine eventually most of those devices will work either way. I really wish Apple would have released HomePod. It must be really suffering with some major issues for Apple to completely pass up the CES time slot to make any type of announcements about it. But maybe Apple's a little bit distracted by all the news around their battery slowdown issues. More on that shortly. Apple claimed when they released the iPhone X that they had done some things to make the iPhone X less susceptible to screen burn-in than other OLED smartphones. Well, someone did some testing comparing the iPhone X to the Sammy S7 Edge and the Sammy Note 8, and the results show, well, Apple did what they promised, and it is much less susceptible to screen burn-in than those other OLED phones from Sammy. I think... The most interesting point here is that all three devices use screens built by Sammy, but for Sammy's own phones, the screens they use clearly were much more susceptible to screen burn-in. Now, don't get me wrong, iPhone X is not impervious to screen burn-in. It just had much less damage than the Sammy devices did for the same amount of testing and the same amount of time, but it still had some screen burn-in. In other words, don't run full brightness 
and make sure you have your screen auto lock on with uh, five minutes to minimize damage and extended light and really to help extend the life of your device. But kudos to Apple for whatever magic they use to make their devices less affected by screen burn-in than the devices built by the manufacturer of the screens themselves. I was lucky enough to be watching the end of the Vikings-Saints game on Sunday, one of the best last four minutes of a quarter in a playoff history that I can remember, with a crazy last minute and 30 seconds especially. Well, for diehard Viking and Saints fans, it seems it was a little too exciting as it was causing the Apple Watch to trigger elevated heart rate alerts for a bunch of those fans. With watchOS 4, Apple introduced improved health monitoring with a feature for alerts when a user's heart rate seems abnormally and dangerously high during a period of inactivity, like sitting on the couch and watching your team winning or losing a football game, or watching a pass completion for touchdown with no time remaining on the clock for a playoff victory. If Apple Watch sent an alert for a broken heart, me and my son would have received one the week before when the Chiefs blew their first half 18-point lead to the Titans. But that it does not do, so it just warns when the heart is pumping too fast, which mine wasn't pumping too fast the week before. You can select what your top-end heart rate should be when resting as well. To set this, go to the Watch app on your iPhone, scroll down to heart rate, tap, and then select the level for elevated heart rate. You can choose between off, 100, 110, 120, 130, 140, and 150 beats per minute. I have mine set for 120 beats per minute, and knock on wood, it has not sent me an alert yet. However, I might try lowering it to 100 beats per minute the next time I watch a Flyers game and see what happens. Hey Rob, this is Justin from Pennsylvania. I was calling in a way about the new news about Apple throttling your iPhone. Now, I guess this is the best possible way to find out they're throttling your phone because it's to keep your phone running. I guess my question always will go down to is would Samsung or Google or any other company that makes phones or designs phones, would they do as much effort as Apple does to keep your phone from shutting down if it's three, four, five, six years old? I think we all know the answer to that question. I, I always wish there would be something more open for those people that are more interested, but Geekbench scores are not really youth scores. I mean, it lets you see that your phone has slowed down, but it doesn't actually tell you anything about how it works. I just got off an old phone, and my biggest complaint was the battery life wasn't lasting the way I wanted it to. Not that it felt slow. I had the 6S Plus, and I just upgraded to a 10. I never felt my phone was slow. I always felt my battery didn't last long enough. So I could always say maybe they could even throttle it less to give me more battery life. I don't know. But the thing of it is, is that the reason they're doing it, I think, is an honest, good reason. And I always wish they would have come out sooner to tell users that's what was happening. But since they didn't, it is what it is. And honestly, I, I'm not that upset by it. And I'm, I think people should be glad that Apple cares whether your your out of date older iPhone can be fixed and you can upgrade the speed of your phone for an eighty dollar battery replacement, which I think isn't that expensive in the long run. If you're gonna keep a phone, maybe in two, three years you should just replace the battery if you're not gonna sell it. Or, you know, get or upgrade. So I mean I think it's now something you should consider doing if the performance of your phone is important to you and you're on a budget. Um those are my thoughts on it. Otherwise I think I think it's all along good news that 
they're being honest about it, and uh, just now we all know why things work the way they work. No more conspiracy theories. So thank you very much, Rob. I love the show. Have a great day. Bye. Justin, thanks for the feedback. And we talked about this a little bit on the last episode, but on December 28th, which was after the last episode, Apple posted a letter to customers titled, A Message to Our Customers About iPhone Batteries and Performance. This letter was an apology for how they handled the communication of how they handled degraded batteries. From the letter, quote, First and foremost, we have never and would never do anything intentionally shorten the life of an any Apple product or degrade the user experience to drive customer upgrades. Our goal has always been to create product that, products that our customers love and making iPhones last as long as possible is an important part of that, unquote. I really do believe Apple did what they did was not a case of malice, but really incompetence. The reason why they did it was good. The implementation, very much not so. Apple in the letter goes on to explain how batteries age and that as batteries age and degrade, they may reach a point where they unexpectedly shut down. They go on to say with iOS 10.2.1, they delivered an update that improved power management during peak workloads to avoid unexpected shutdowns. Converted English, they slowed down the processor for iPhone 6, 6S, 6 Plus, 6S Plus, and iPhone SE with regards to iOS 10.2.1. Then they recently rolled out the same quote support, unquote, for iPhone 7 and 7 Plus with iOS 11.2. Apple ends the letter saying yada, 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 new batteries for $29 installed, yada, 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 yada. This for all the iPhones previously mentioned and this offer is good until December 2018. One of the yada yadas was about an update in early 2018 that will give more visibility into the health of your battery so you can see if you need to replace it. But I can tell you, either way, my iPhone 6 Plus, my younger son uses, absolutely is going in for a new battery when they are back in stock, which right now looks to be late in the spring, or, or I should say later in the spring sometime, because right now, up until at least the end of March, doesn't seem that they're going to have any 6-plus batteries around at any of the stores. I do not talk much, or really as little as possible, about lawsuits on the show. They bore me until there's a verdict. Well, because Apple has so much money, and it seems every law firm is trying to see how to get some of it for themselves via a lawsuit. So it's no shocker that Apple battery slowing down devices fiasco has over 25 lawsuits and counting in multiple countries around the world. I am saddened that someone at Apple thought it was okay to slow down devices and not tell users about what that, that and not give them an option to turn off quote, that update, unquote. It really was a boneheaded decision or a lack of decision on Apple's part. They needed to tell users and needed to allow users to turn off that update. Someone at Apple should have stood up and said, um, guys, this is wrong. And now because of that, Apple's trust by many, many customers who feel that Apple did this to slow down the devices to make them want to upgrade, well, that, that trust is broken. And it will take a long time, if ever, to get it back from some of those that feel fooled or tricked. In many ways, I'm feeling that way 
I could not believe Apple would have done this. I have said in the past, no way is Apple going to deliberately slow down a device. I felt that way because it seems so stupid for them to ever do so. Correct on that point. Look at the backlash. If back when iOS 10.2.1 came out, Apple had added a toggle to turn off power management update, but put it on by default and said at that time, hey, we added this quote feature, unquote, that will help people with older batteries keep their phones powered up longer without that sudden shutdown feature. It will slow down your devices a bit, but if you want optimal performance and not optimal battery life, just switch this off. If Apple had said that, um, Apple would have been looked at as providing a valuable tool to improve the user experience. Instead, well, Apple is forced into damage control mode. Part of the damage control is the $29 battery replacement, which, by the way, is available for all iPhones 6s, 6s, 6 Pluses, 6s Pluses, SEs, and 7 and 7 Pluses, regardless of the condition of the battery. And, well, there are, lawyers are going to be working overtime for the next few years dealing with all the lawsuits, and I will need to delete out a lot of news alerts to have that deal with said lawsuits. If you are someone that's not affected emotionally about this whole battery slash performance issue from Apple, let me read this email from a listener. Quote, Hi Rob, I'll never forget the first time I received my first iPhone. I've been an iPhone user owner since the first gen. With that being said, I once bought a Galaxy phone for my business, but then quickly realized I didn't like it and gave it to my sister and bought the iPhone 6 to replace it. My husband has been an Android user uh, when we met, specifically the Note 3, and loved it. However, I did convince him when we combined our services to switch to an iPhone 6S Plus. I, boost, I boasted about how awesome Apple products are and how he would never regret leaving Android. Well, with the recent article about Apple proposedly downgrading the performance level of older phones in order to sway them to purchase newer phones, I am left holding the bag, so to speak. The battery issue for both of our iPhone 6S Plus phones have been so horrible and very unreliable. I personally have had network issues as well where my phone would say no service while just driving around the corner. I've done network resets and everything I'm supposed to do when having this issue, but it seems every time I update my phone, it gets worse, both service and battery life. I've decided to purchase a battery off of Amazon and switch it out and see if that fixes the issue. I am also going to do a complete factory reset of my phone and set it up as a new phone to see what that does. I would really like to upgrade, but when looking at the new Note 8 versus the iPhone 10, they both are great phones. Of course, I've also read on both having their own issues, so I'm feeling a little indecisive. I really like the S Pen uh, with the Note 8 and the customization you have, uh, the ability to do split screen, but I love the iPhone because of the App Store and because I'm comfortable using the system already, safer than Android platform. I was just wondering if anyone else was having this dilemma. I'm normally the Apple fangirl waiting in line at the new releases, but now I'm skeptical it's like Apple is my boyfriend and I just caught him using my thumb to open my phone while I sleep. And can I still trust him or is it time for an upgrade? Thanks for all you do. Been a long time listener and have called into the show before. Have a Merry Christmas. Stephanie 
from San Antonio, Texas, unquote. Sadly, she purchased her battery before Christmas and before Apple announced on the 28th a battery replacement plan. But the point is, Stephanie is a longtime listener to the show, which makes her an uber fan of Apple. And if you are listening to a podcast about iOS, you are a fanboy or fangirl by definition. And she is having doubts. Think on the less zealous how they're feeling. The next question you're probably asking is, if you have one of said devices, is how do I even tell if mine is being slowed down? Well, you download the app Lyrum Device Info Lite. That's L-I-R-U-M or Lyrum. And you want the Lyrum Device Info Lite app. Two, launch the app. Three, go to the hamburger menu in the upper left. Four, go to this device. And then five, go to CPU. And six, finally, compare CPU actual clock to CPU maximum clock. If these two values are different, it means your phone has been affected by the slowdown in performance and you have a trip coming to your local Apple store in the near future. If they are the same, all is golden and your trip to the Apple store can be delayed to sometime later in 2018. But still for $29, you will want to upgrade even if the battery is okay right now. Note, you need to run the test with your iPhone in battery mode, not when it's plugged into a power supply. I did run the test on my son's iPhone 6 Plus, and it is actually okay. No issues. I even ran it before I upgraded to iOS 11.2.5 beta 5, and before and after both times, the reading was 1.4 gigahertz for the actual clock and the maximum clock. So that's what I'm getting for my iPhone 6 Plus or my, my son's iPhone 6 Plus. One thing to note, Apple is saying the battery replacement is a one-time deal at $29 if your device passes the, di the diagnostic test. I'm not sure if that means it fails a diagnostic test to let you upgrade twice. Either way, it doesn't really matter if you have an iPhone 6 Plus battery replaced now. By the time you would, quote, need, unquote, it replaced again, it should be long past being supported. And if you have an iPhone 7 or 7 Plus, you probably want to wait until the end of this offer, which is December, to get your phone battery replaced. I want to thank RX Bar for sponsoring our show again. As I mentioned, I have been eating protein bars for a long time, and I have really enjoyed my RX Bars. My travel schedule the next few months is going to heat up, and it is really nice to have something good in my laptop bag to eat on the go other than a bag of old pretzels. You see, RX Bar decided to take a different approach to protein bars and make them out of only natural ingredients. And then they listed those core ingredients on the front of the package, like on my favorite chocolate sea salt, which has three egg whites, six almonds, four cashews, two dates, and no BS written right there on the front. RX Bars come in 11 delicious flavor varieties. Chocolate sea salt is my favorite, which is followed closely by blueberry, mixed berry, and peanut butter chocolate. I like to keep a mix of bars with me when I travel and here around the house. Okay, I admit it, sometimes it's easier to eat one of them for lunch than it is to get out of the office and make lunch. I have no guilt eating an RX bar for lunch. RX bars are gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, guilt-free, and sugar. There's no sugar added, no artificial colors, no artificial flavors, no preservatives, and no fillers. Turns out, real food ingredients actually taste really good. Who would have thunk? Well, evidently, not those from the others I've been eating for years. With RX Bar, you can actually taste the real fruit and the spices like the sea salt. 
Again, these are delicious and not what you think of when I say protein bars. For 25% off your first order, visit rxbar.com TII and enter promo code TII at checkout. Whether you like sweet or savory, chocolate or fruit flavors, there is an RX bar for you. If you are looking for a great whole food protein bar made with 100% whole ingredients that taste delicious, then once again, go to rxbar.com TII and enter promo code TII at checkout for 25% off your first order. Hi there. I have a message for Gil from Boston calling in asking about why he wasn't getting notifications properly. My name's Alex and I'm in Portland. I am a genius at the Apple Store here. And first I wanted to double check that he didn't have Do Not Disturb enabled. Uh, check for that top right area of the screen, little crescent moon. If that is on, make sure you turn it back off. If not, probably want to embark on basic software troubleshooting. And for that symptom, the first step would probably be to reset all settings. Uh, I also have the follow-up question of whether flipping the ringer switch on the side uh, produces a vibration or not. It could be indication of the haptic engine failing, although not very likely if it's also not doing sound. Uh, let me know how that works out. Thank you very much. Thank you, Alex, for your feedback. And actually, have another voicemail message from you. Hi, this is Alex from Portland calling again. I left a message uh, for another caller just a moment ago. But I wanted to express my gratitude for you creating this podcast and maintaining it uh, regularly as you do. I love Apple. I love staying up to date with all of the goings-on. Uh, and I just appreciate you for, for accumulating all of that and funneling it in an accessible means. I also wanted to ask if it's possible for you to do a brief PSA for your listeners reminding people that if they're having a bad experience running uh, iOS 11 or the current operating system in general, to attempt some software troubleshooting, perhaps with the help of the Apple support website or the Genius Bar, because most people are experiencing these issues because they have pre-existing software corruption, and when they do an update, sure, it might exacerbate that, but it's not just the way it is. You don't just have to deal with that. Basically, you can't be sure that your issues are not due to software corruption until and unless you erase your whole phone and set it up as new to test, not restoring from your backup. Uh, if the issue persists, then you can complain about iOS 11 being broken or your device not performing well. But until then, you haven't done your due diligence. Also, reminding people to power cycle weekly and not force quit apps unnecessarily might benefit many. I actually am a genius at the Apple Store downtown here, and these are the conversations that I have every day very frequently. <laughs> Thanks again so much for what you do. Have a good day. Alex, thank you very much for your feedback. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. How do I clear the TI app indications in the red bubble? I guess it means I have something waiting. Regards, Greg M. Greg, go to the episode list in the TI app. Uh, select the hamburger menu button in the top left. Go to settings, scroll down to mark episodes, then change the start and end date to cover a period from, say, 2005 to today, and then have mark episodes selected for played and click apply. This will clear out the red bubble. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. For your listener who was having issues with AirPlay disconnecting from the Apple TV third gen, I had the same problem when I had a 7 Plus with a third-gen Apple TV. Could never 
keep a solid connection with Safari using the uh, Chrome app helped a little, but it wasn't great. I haven't had as many issues since I went to the fourth gen Apple TV using a 7 Plus. I now have an iPhone 10 still using the fourth gen Apple TV. AirPlay is still okay, but not great. I use it as an absolute last resort. Hope that helps a little. Regards, Oshkosh Josh. Well, thank you, Josh, for your feedback. Hi, Rob. This is Ron calling in. Long time we'll listen. It's been a while. Uh, just calling in response to listener Gil, who was having issues with receiving notifications on his iOS device. Um, in some cases, I always had to check the settings and went through the setting applications and notifications section as well. I would also have him check the uh, in settings the do not disturb section where if he swipes up and accesses control center, uh, make sure that little half moon icon is not enabled. Uh, a lot of cases that will also tend to mute uh, notifications across the board. Um, and I know with a lot of people who have told me, hey, I'm not getting text messages. Uh, we're really dependent on those. What's, what's going on? Swipe up on control center, and at some point in time, inadvertently, that half moon uh, icon has gotten toggled on, and toggling that off normally fixes the problem. Uh, for me, in most of the cases I ran into, hopefully uh, that helps. Uh, yeah. Bye. Back to the email bag. Hello, Rob. I heard the user who was talking about his iPhone 7 Plus not getting notifications from messages. If he doesn't have an Apple Watch to get his notifications, I would like to say I have this issue too. I do have an Apple Watch, but I have messages and other apps not sending notifications to my watch and just my phone. I have had some issues with the proximity sensor where sometimes it wouldn't light up my phone in my hand is if my hand is covering the sensor it happens in the message app a lot and i think that's why he doesn't see them at this uh, that had that his proximity sensor may be messed up i hope he finds uh out the problem and fixes it and also thanks for the show love it since there's almost no other podcast like it merry christmas happy new year regards tim thank you tim for the kind words hey rob kevin listening to episode 452 and Gil's request about no notifications. I would have him check and see if he has the moon icon up on the top. He might have turned on his do not disturb by accident. Thanks, Kevin. Back to email bag. Hi, Rob. My wife loves me and understands me for our 21st wedding anniversary. She gave me an Apple Watch, my first Apple Watch Series 3 with Wi-Fi plus cellular and it has the red dot on the crown. From what I am reading on Apple community threads, it sounds like when the phone is in the sleep rest mode and while the watch is on the wrist, text alerts, or, or, or is it all alerts, will only arrive via the watch. However, if the alerts to the watch are set to off or the watch is not on the wrist, then the alerts will arrive via the phone but not the watch. I want to receive alerts via both and the watch and the phone. Is there a way to set this to happen? I'm happy to have some have alerts to the watch when it's not on the wrist. And if there is not a way to set alerts to arrive on both platforms simultaneously, dear Apple executives listening to this podcast, 
make that an option and do it quickly. I don't understand why this wouldn't be an option, so I'm hoping that you or some of your listeners know how to set that as such. And here's an obligatory thanks for your podcast and all the work you do to put into it, and thanks for your listeners who have already helped me in the past. And happy uh, new year to you all. Blessing and happiness in this year. Thank you, Dave S. Hey, Rob. Uh, this is Chris from Santa Barbara, a long-time listener. I don't really call too much, but um, calling in to help. You had a guy, I think his name was Gil, and um, he had a problem with his notifications, and I have this problem all the time. And actually, this is a trick I learned from you. Uh, if you go in and reset your network settings, it's going to make all of his notifications come back. So, yeah, that's a, that's a, something I have to do quite often. Okay, Rob, love this show, and um, you guys have a great day. Bye. And finally, on the notifications, we have this email. Hi, Rob. I forgot to update you on the Bluetooth notification problem I was having until I heard someone mention it in episode 452. I believe what, that they were having a similar problem that I was having with not getting notification alert tones unless their phones was unlocked. After hours of trying to figure it out, I went to my local Apple store and it took five people there to find someone who knew to go into the watch app and turn off wrist detection under the passcode section. After doing that, I have not had any more issues. Regards, Greg. Again, thank you to everyone that sent in feedback on this issue for Bill slash Gil. And it's actually Bill. And, and Bill, hopefully one of these items that was just mentioned will be the solution you are looking for. Please let us know which one worked for you. Every year, Apple likes to report on app sales on New Year's Day. as That seems to be the number one day for app purchases. And once again, Apple set a new record of 300 million in purchases on New Year's Day alone. From Apple's Phil Schiller, quote, we're thrilled with the reaction to the new app store and to see so many customers discovering and enjoying new apps and games. We want to thank all of the creative app developers who have made these great apps and helped to change people's lives. In 2017 alone, iOS developers earned $26.5 billion with a B, more than a 30% increase over 2016, unquote. One thing analysts are saying about Apple's battery replacement plan is that Apple could see an iPhone sales drop in 2018. If people plunk down $30 to replace the battery on a device they might have normally walked away from, now might feel obligated to said device having put a little bit of money into it and the fact that the device now has a great running battery. Quote, in our base case scenario, 10% of those 519 million users take the $29 offer and around 30% of them decide not to buy a new iPhone this year. This means around 16 million iPhone sales could be at risk, creating approximately a 4% downside to our current revenue estimate for calendar 2018, unquote. Now, all of that plays out for 2018 will be seen in future quarterly reports, but for now, Apple announced their next quarterly report will be Thursday, February 1st, which happens to be when I am on the road going to D.C., Thanks, Apple. I will be in meetings when that conference call happens, so I will have to listen after the fact. This will be a big conference call uh, telling us really how Apple did last quarter, their most 
important quarter of the year for sales. It'll be very interesting to see those results and see if Apple says anything about the battery replacement plan and if that's caused them to downgrade some of their sales forecast for the year. Leading up to Christmas, many wanting to buy an iPhone 10 were pleasantly surprised to see inventory at pretty much every Apple store, to the tune of 97% of the U.S. stores having iPhone 10 inventory. Some were calling it a Christmas miracle, but the Apple bears were calling it a massacre, meaning Apple had lower demand than expected. Some very bogus reports said Apple was trimming next quarter's iPhone 10 orders from 50 million to 30 million units. Really? B.S.? Why do I say BS? Not because of the lowering, but because last year in Q1, Apple sold a total of 50.8 million iPhones, all models combined. And when you figure there is lead time to move inventory and inventory churn, almost half of next quarter's build would be for Q2 sales. And last year for Q2 sales, all iPhones sold were 41 million units. Let's go down the middle and say last year, Q1 Apple had 45 million iPhones made, best case. And now this wonderful report says Apple is cutting iPhone 10 only production from 50 million to 30 million. Nope, no way, BS. It was never 50 million to start with, nor 30 million for a quarter for Q1. But if Apple does ship 30 million iPhone 10s this quarter, wow, look out, that will blow all sales numbers way, way out of the water given its ASPs. Which makes me really wonder why this report got any legs at all or caused Apple stock to drop, which it did. Did no one really work out the math? Come on, folks. Pretty easy numbers here. So moving from the bears on Apple to actual reports from measured activations, Blurry Analytics shows Apple continuing to dominate with new device activations in the week leading up to Christmas. iPhones and iPads made up 44% of devices. Quote, Similar to last year, 44% of new iPhones and tablet activations were Apple devices. While Samsung dominated global market share, they fell short as the gift of choice during the holiday season. With only 26% of activated devices in the lead up to Christmas, Samsung activation rate is up 5% from 2016 holiday season, which can likely be attributed to the 2017 introduction of the Galaxy S8 after the 2016 recall of their malfunctioning note devices, unquote. A new research note from CounterPoint shows it is the only, or Apple is the only foreign smartphone brand in China that makes the top 10 list. The iPhone 7 Plus was the second best-selling handset in 2017 in China, with the iPhone 7 coming in fifth place. Switching back to the U.S. for 2017, USA Today and a report created for it found that the iPhone was the best-selling tech product for the year, outselling all the products in slots 2, 3, 4, and 5 combined. To put things in perspective, they said Apple will sell 223 million iPhones in 2017 versus 33 million units for the Samsung Galaxy devices. Third place was the Echo devices at 24 million in units in sales. And fourth place was the Apple Watch. And then fifth place was the Nintendo Switch. Hey, I purchased four of the five devices last year. Go, consumer, go. Want to guess which one was not on my purchase list? In another report on smartphone sales, Kantar Word Panel's latest report shows stellar performance for the iPhone X in multiple markets globally in November. This contrasts with mixed performance for iOS devices from September to and October. 
The report said the one territory where Apple saw market share growth was China, where Apple saw, quote, staggering, unquote, demand for the iPhone 10, this despite its high sticker price. This is also backed up from a report by Morgan Stanley that claims the iPhone 10 is a hit in China and that the iPhone 10 in China is getting more users from other brands than from older iPhones, i.e. the iPhone 10 is attracting switchers. So we are looking at some conflicting reports going on into this quarterly report at the end of the month. Some saying things are bad, some saying things are great. It'll be interesting to see how positive Apple is on the next quarterly report. Congrats to Android. Their latest version of Oreo 8.0, launched in August, is up to 0.5% adoption, while 8.1 is up to 0.2%, meaning Oreo, its two versions combined, are at 0.7% overall adoption. Almost to 1%. Way to go, Android users. Android Nougat, that came out in August 2016, with when iOS 10 came out well, a month later, uh, Nougat, all the different versions, adds up now to 26.3% adoption, meaning the last two major versions of Android are now at 27% adoption rate overall. Excellent. They are almost to 30%. These numbers, according to Google, as of January 8th. Sadly, all I have from Apple is dated back to December 4th, 2017, when at that time iOS 11 adoption was at an anemic 59%. Slackers. Good thing there is not a this massive security vulnerability out there that affects chips of smartphones. Oh, wait, never mind. Kind of sucks to own an Android device right now. Knowing chances of getting a security patch anytime soon, pretty small. Hey Rob, say to Siri, Ludus Chris Speed Now or Warp Speed Now. Only a couple of replies for each of those. Regards, Dave. Well, thank you, Dave, for those ideas. And we'll go ahead and give that a try. Ludicrous speed now. Dark helmet told me to never do that again. Ludicrous speed now. But, but, it'll all go to plaid. Ludicrous speed now. Sorry, your device is only authorized to go to ridiculous speed. Ludicrous speed now. Sorry, Rob, I can't go to ludicrous speed. All we've got on this thing is a quesinard. Ludicrous speed now. It will take me a moment to secure all animals in the zoo and cancel the three-ring circus. Ludicrous speed now. Actually, the latest iOS now features the amazing, revolutionary new preposterous speed. Preposterous speed now. Okay, take your protein pills and put your helmet on. Preposterous speed now. Uh-oh, here we go again. Preposterous speed now. We always get into trouble when we do this, Rob. Warp speed now. Hold on to your space helmet, Rob. Thanks again to RxBar for sponsoring this episode. Folks, go right now to rxbar.com slash TII and use promo code TII at checkout for 25% off your first order. And before we go today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG, or record your feedback and email to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. Feedback can be a question or comment for something someone said on this episode, or it can be a question or rant about something else an app, a product review, good or bad, as long as it's iOS related, it is welcomed. I'm always looking for a new artwork to feature that you have created on iOS device. Just put some TII branding on it and send it in. And of course, we're always looking for more music created on iOS device to play on the show. This your show and your feedback is greatly desired. 
Also, don't forget to check out our moderated Google Plus community by going to todayinios.com slash community. And a quick reminder, if you are an app dev or an iBook author, email me if you want to have your app or iBook featured on the promo giveaway segment for free. We just need to find promo codes or more to give away. You simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com. And please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook, indicating you are the dev or the author. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. Today's show was once again brought to you by Eero, which is by far the best and fastest Wi-Fi I've ever tested. If you go to eero.com and enter promo code TII, you will get free overnight shipping to the U.S. and Canada. Again, go to eero.com and at checkout, select overnight shipping, then enter your promo code TII to make it free. And make sure your home network is allowing you to get the most out of all your new Wi-Fi devices from this holiday season. Finally, check out the TI app, which is free to you. Search for TII in the iTunes App Store. It is the best way to consume the show and to get push notifications each time a new episode of TII is released. It's fully voiceover friendly, of course. Please go right now and download the TI app or get the update if you already have it. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I.